Hello, and welcome to Champagne with Craig. We are unapologetic about loving our community and those that live here. Our goal is to focus on those that make our community amazing. We are not political. We are not judgmental. Our goal is to learn and use this platform to make us even better. Our beliefs are there is more good than bad, more positive than negative, and our glass is always half full. We support and encourage. We believe in responsibility and a simple belief in doing the right thing. We believe there's a lot more gray in the world and less black and white. We practice humility, and our definition of humility is being honest and sincerely willing to learn a few simple things from other people, having no desire to strangle them in the process. I hope you enjoy, and let's listen. Okay. Champagne with Craig, welcome to episode two. Episode two is again, we're talking about race here in Champagne, well, I guess all over the, the world. Um, the reason that this next gentleman is here is he is the one that made me start thinking about it. Um, I have coach LeConte Nix. He's a coach at Champagne Central. Um, and when I say coach, he coaches everything, football, basketball, tiddlywinks, whatever it might be, <laughs> he, he's gonna coach it. <laughs> How did I get here with Coach? And I will call him Coach because Coach is an affectionate word for me. Uh, my father was my football coach. And all the coaches I've known in my life have had huge effects on me. So I have a, a high level of respect for what they do. I've known LeConte, I don't know how long I've known him. Uh, my girls both went through Central High School and um, we sometimes frequent the same watering hole. Right. But through a combination of mutual friends and me watching him as my girls were there, I realized how good LeConte's heart was. And as I followed him on Facebook, there would be certain things that he would say that I guess surprised me potentially. And when I started thinking about this and really when all this unrest started happening, mm -hmm. I wanted to know what LeConte was thinking. So my interview with Howard Milton and the subsequent interviews we're going to have after that was born out of you, LeConte. And your comments that you make on Facebook, um, I stalk you. I don't know if I stalk you, but we're friends. So we banner, we banner back and forth on it pretty good sometimes. Exactly. Oh, for sure. Okay. So first of all, Coach, tell us a little about yourself and, and what you do and, and all that. Um, I'm LeConte Nix. Obviously, I'm a champagne community guy, homegrown. Um, uh, I'm a, I teach at Champaign Central High School and I coach three sports like, like Mr. McDonald was saying. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm a Champaign guy and I love our community. I love the people in it. And I've been in a lot of situations that a lot of people in Champaign really haven't been in. I've been on the south side of Champaign. I've been on the, on the north side of Champaign. So, I, you know, I, I've, I've been in a total different groups. So I think I have, you know, I mean, I have a lot of experience in, in just that aspect of the community in the town. And, you know, I mean, what you hear from me is what you see is what you get. You know, I'm an honest guy. I tell it like it is. And, and that's about it, you know. Well, it is, it, he's not that simple because <laughs> uh, he, he, he has some thoughts and we're going to get into them. So, and, and those thoughts are what we're trying to learn. Yeah. Um, we jump right into these topics. Let's do it. And, and why is it difficult, do you think, that it's hard to talk about race? I, I, the number one thing is I think upbringing where people are raised and they're afraid they're afraid to go against the go against the ill word of what they've been taught 
And I think people are, are scared to really look, look in themselves in the mirror and say, this is how I am. This is who I am. Oh, both black, white, it doesn't matter who it is. I think we're, then we get out of comfort zones and are afraid to talk about it and are scared what somebody might think or we might piss somebody off. And that's the, the, the worst thing about racists. We're afraid we're going to hurt somebody's feelings or we're afraid somebody's going to judge us on something we say. Let's talk about judgment. I mean, I think that um, we, you said something to me when we were first talking about this off, yeah. off air. I mean, nobody's colorblind. Nobody's colorblind. I mean, I can't do a good Lakante Nick. I'm trying though a little bit, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is like when you see me, you don't see Lakante and Mr. Coach first. The first thing you see when you see me is a black man. That's what you see. And when I walk into the stores, when I walk, when I when I step first step on the court, you see a black man. Whether you like it or not, that's what it is. When I see you, Craig, you're a white guy. That's the, that's the first thing that we need to acknowledge. Because people always say, well, oh, oh, he's a person. Oh, no, I don't see color. You hear that a lot. That's bull crap. I think people see color all the time. That's the first thing you see. Because when Lovey Smith got hired, what were some of the first things they said? Oh, we had a black coach hired. It's the first black coach ever in the Big Ten that ever been hired. That's the first thing people said. They didn't say Lovey Smith, the football coach. They said a black coach got hired. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, it's a good thing. But So that, that tells you right there, people don't just see a man for who he is. They, the first thing they notice is color. Black football coach. Um, do you – this is interesting because – we're going to talk a lot about these kinds of circumstances. When you see Lovey Smith, what do you see? Coach Smith. Coach Smith. That's what I, that's what I see. When I when uh, when Ron Turner, Coach Turner, Coach Kruger, you know, those are guys that I mean that's the way I think a lot of African American people think, but some don't either because they're quick to say, hey, uh, this white man, you know, I mean, it's another white coach leading a bunch of black players. You hear that all the time too, and it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing, you know what I mean? So we have, and, and so we're both guilty in that aspect. Are you proud that he's a black coach, or just proud that he's a good coach? I think I, I think I'm proud that he's a black coach because it, it, at least the opportunities for young a, a coach like me to see, man, I can be this guy. Because everybody needs to see somebody like them doing something, you know what I mean? Well, I, I mean, the first coach, the, fo- the first coach, sorry, the first coach that I when I was growing up that I, that I saw was two coaches. It was the coach from Temple, John Cheney, and the coach from Georgetown. Western, both of them are, uh, just passed away recently. Um, John Thompson. John Thompson. The first two coaches that I've ever, you know what I mean, they represented black America, in my opinion. Because, you know what I mean, because back in the 90s and 80s, people all went black people. In the cities, they always wore Georgetown stuff. Because of what he what he was about. He was about black kids were graduating. He was like 90-something percent graduation rate. He stood up for his kids. Um, he stood up for his, his players. And he didn't take nonsense when a player got booed. I mean, like he took his players off the off the court. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've seen that. But so was, the first thing I think African American males need to see is somebody that they're doing well that looks like them. That's the reason why I stayed in Champaign because I wanted young black black kids to say, "Well, look, Coach Nick's done it. I can do it too." You know what I mean? It's a lot of positive black folks in this community that don't get recognized like they should. We go through these issues, and why do you feel that you feel like you could be John Thompson? You feel like that was an example for you. You feel like you could be Coach Shaney. Right. Um, Let's go the other way. Do you feel like you could be George Floyd? Oh, 100%. 
Because when I walk on, told you this one ain't be easy, bro. hundred percent, hundred percent. I think every African American. That's what some. That's what got the country so riled up. You know what I mean? Edu- you know what I mean? Educated or not, no matter how much education I have, if I'm walking on, the, you know what I mean? If I'm walking on the streets and the cop don't know me or who from whoever, they see me as a threat when I'm really not a threat. And I mean, every black man in America felt like that could have been them in that situation. And that's what. That's why everything went wow. So. In your core, yeah. In your heart, yeah. Regardless of what is said peripherally, yeah. What's said um, in in defense of a police officer, oh, yeah. in Non-defense of a police officer, you do believe that could have been you. A hundred percent. That's why I'm so enraged about it. A hundred percent could have been me. Easily. I, mean, I, I don't have a felony. I've never been convicted of anything. But in that certain situation, when the cop, you know what I mean, they're, they're nervous. You know what I mean? My, my old man always said, you know what I mean, you, you automatically got one strike against you, being as a black man. You automatically got one strike. You When you cross the street, you know what I mean, it's different. When you walk out, you have to carry yourself a certain way, different from anybody else. Do you still believe what your dad said? 100%. One strike against you. One strike against you. Just because of the color of your skin. Just because of the color of my skin. I can go places you can't. I, you can go places I can't go. I can't go. It's like if I go to a small town. You see it when you take kids on trips all the time. They're afraid to get. If you have to stop in a small town to get gas, you know what I mean. They they look like you sure we should stop here. I'll never forget John Woods and I, who used to be our old AD, who was up in Libertyville. We were going to, we were going to Kansas to work for Bill Self's basketball camp, and he just got back from Florida. And it, it, we were going, it was late at night, and we are going through Missouri, you know, you get, and we were taking some back roads, and we are tired. So we said, we need to get a hotel. And we stopped at this small, rickety town. It was probably about an hour from Lawrence. And we should have kept driving, but we're tired. And we stop, and we look around, and we go in there, and this lady's, like, looking at me, and, and looked at Woods, and I was like, I don't know if we should stay here. The way we're getting these little Confederate flags are all on the desk, you know, and... And we didn't stay just because that, that uneasy feeling that when you step in some place, you just know. They let you know. People let you know if you're welcome or not. And this is 10 years ago. Not that long. So we packed our stuff up and, and, and went to and drove and drove to Lawrence and said, we won't, we won't stay. Because you you felt a, a felt legitimate fear. Yep. A legitimate fear yep. within your system. 100%. It's just like you know, you go to the, you know, you know, like you go to a store and somebody follows you. It's a, it's a bunch of different. Things. It's so many experiences. When I um, college graduation night, I'll never forget it. Um, we're out down here downtown, Champaign, just hanging out, men, some friends, and we're walking back to our cars, and about some some guy got jumped. Some guy got jumped. They 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 put us they put us on the curb for hour and a half. We sitting there because none of us had records. You know what I mean? I've never been in trouble in my life, and um. That's hard for me to believe. Yeah. I mean, you've been true. in some kind of trouble yeah. somewhere. No, 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 nothing, like, nothing like like felony type yeah. stuff. Like, can you see me, uh, mob action for a race crime? No. You know what I mean? That's not who I am. Right. You know what I mean? So we sat in the curb and did this and that and that. Got arrested. You know what I mean? For a mob action crime. And um, and then and, and they ended up getting dropped and all that. But the thing that the Champagne, they wrote it, name plastered in the paper, Lacante Nicks, mob action. I'll never forget it in my life. And guess what? I, you know what I mean? And it didn't happen. You know what I mean? I got, had to get a lawyer. I got off. And all the charges got dropped. But one thing, here's where I got respect for a lot of officers. The officer who arrested me sent me a letter and apologized and said, I'm sorry, we had the wrong person. 
Let's go to police. Yeah. Your overall attitude on police. I'm a big, I'm a big police fan. A lot of my friends are police friends. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a lot of African American police, and I couldn't imagine their job right now. I mean, think about the African American police. Think about the, the pressure that's on them. You know, and then in the right way, but it's some bad apples too. I firmly believe that. And I think we're afraid. I think, I think the system, because with cops, I think just like teachers, just like in any profession, they're afraid to call each other out when they see something been doing wrong because it's that fraternity. But if you see somebody doing something wrong, like they're supposed to, not supposed to, you need to call them out. And I don't think that happens enough. Like the, the reform and all that stuff doesn't need to happen. I don't know. You know, what I mean, something I think about. But if 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 cops start holding other cops accountable, then I think that that's going to be the biggest impact. If that doesn't change, it's going to be the same. I think. That's your reform. That's you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I think and cops. The, it cops you know. Yeah, that's exactly my reform. If you know this guy's done stuff and you're with them and they shouldn't be doing, because it happens. Racial profiling is happening, it's evident. You know, I mean, it doesn't change. You, you've seen it with your own eyes. But if it doesn't happen, if you ain't calling your, your, your partners out, you know, I mean, it's easy to hide. But then the system, you know, I, mean, I, don't, I just don't like it. If I'm a bad teacher, guess what happens? And I'm doing some other teachers going to say, hey, Lecante ain't doing his job. He's not doing right by these kids. Who's evaluating this cop? Really, who's evaluating them? That's what I need to know. Same thing in a lot of different businesses. Yeah. Especially union businesses. The good, the good old boys club, baby. Yeah. I mean, a union business, um, you, you really can't really get fired. Yeah. And good, bad, or indifference on how you come across on right. are you union, non-union, pro-union, yeah. whatever it is, um, that system in itself leads to bad apples staying in a system. Right. Right. But it's one. It's, it's two professions, like Chris, like Chris, Chris Rock says, that you can't have any bad apples. And that's being a, a pilot and a policeman. You can't have a bad apple being a policeman. You just can't do it. Yeah. You can't have a bad apple. That can't happen. Defund the police? No. No, I, I, I'm the first guy that says we need we need school resource officers. I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly because you, people don't see the relationships that they build with our kids. You know what I mean? That's what needs to happen. They need to get involved in our schools. That's where it changes. That's how you change the narrative. You get them out of our schools, get them out of conversation with kids who, you know what I mean, with, with African-American kids, white kids, it doesn't matter. Having those conversations, here, here's, here's what we are. We're, we're here for you. We're not, you know, we're not here to scare you. We don't want you to be afraid of us. And I don't want to be afraid of you. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So that's why education is the biggest thing, in my opinion. Once you start talking to each other and learning from each other, that's how change happens. I'm a big believer in that. You know what I mean? I'm, I am four cops. I'm my best friend of police officers. And I, I'll go to war, I, I will defend them till I die. But I also will tell them straight up, this shit ain't right. And you know it ain't right. If you're quiet about it, if you don't say anything about it, you're just, you, 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 you might as well be a bad right rhythm. You're part of the problem, not solution. Yes, exactly. Funding the police has become a hot topic just because it's the opposite of, of it's pitting against people against people. Yeah. Um, we're not, as I said in the early part of the of the show on our intro, we're not political, but both sides have seemed to hijack the extremes. I think yeah. I think I think, nobody's nobody's willing to meet in the middle. You know what I mean? And like I said, we're not going to talk about politics, but people are. They, they, hey, once, once a negative happened, I'm going to go to this side. We shouldn't have to choose sides. And I think a lot of people are choosing sides instead of having a conversation. You mentioned the black officer having to choose sides. Yeah. Right. What about all officers? All they want to do is go to work, do the right thing, 
and don't want to die and want to get home with their kids. Right. Is that in all cases, though? I mean, you know what I mean? It's been corrupt cops for, forever. You know what I mean? It's cops that turn out the street to a drug deal. Is that right? You know what I mean? You've seen it. It happens all the time. But I, I, I really believe that cops need to be held accountable just like everybody else and by the people they work with. That's how it's going to change. I really do. You, the people within the system need to say, hey, guess what? And don't be afraid because everybody's afraid to come out when they do something. It's just like, you know. Hmm. Because Black they know. Like, they know more than, they know more than I do. You know what I mean? They know what's going on in there, like, than, than the, the, you and I do. They know what's going on in there. They and, know the dangerous uh, people. Uh, yeah, understand. And I, I also encourage people to, to the ride-alongs. That's how the, like, if you're so worried about the cops, you want to change, call one up and get in the car with them. And do a ride-along at night. And see what they, and walk see, in and, and see what stuff they deal with. I'm also a big fan of that. Yeah, walk in their shoes. Walk in their shoes. Understand what they deal with. Exactly. Too. And, you know what I mean? You, got, you have to get in their situation and put them in yours. I think it's interesting you talked about in the schools of, of, you know, I think a lot of people when they think an officer in the school, it's about protection. And you went more to the, it's about understanding. It's about understanding and relationships that you build with kids. And I mean, our school resources are African-American male. He does an outstanding job. And guess what? Who is it? Um, I can't think of his dang old name right now. It'll come to me in a minute. I'll get it to you. But when kids see him, they respect him. And guess what? He might have a kid like I had John Thompson and Coach Shane and say, guess what? I want to be a cop. I want to change the way it looks for people like me. I want to be that relationship person. You know what I mean? You, they build so many. I see them take them out to lunch. They want to do them. It's like teaching within itself. That's why, that's why I'm big on school resource officers in our schools. And I know a lot of people will disagree with me on that. You know, but I don't mean, I, if, if you want to run away from cops, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be the same thing. If you don't want to try to have a conversation with them and understand them, and you say, get them out of the schools, get them out, it ain't going to work that way. It's just, I don't think that's right. I remember the gentleman, his officer Westfield. Yep. Um, he was definitely at Edison when my girls were there. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I see him at a, a variety of different events and, and all that. And he was very much, you know, like someone you described, that mm-hmm. not just the black kids identified mm-hmm. with him, all kids identified with him. Yeah. It's, it's easy to, to that's, this is for everybody, it's easy to blame someone when you don't do what they do. It's easy, it's easy to say, Craig, oh, you sell houses, you know what I mean, that's easy to do. Or, you know, I mean, it, it's just easy. It's, I think it's easy to do that. Until you really walk and try to put yourself in those positions and try to have conversations with people, get uncomfortable doing that because they get stuck in their little cubby holes. And that's the big, that's another thing. I can just go on, go on, sorry, Craig. No, that's what you're here for, dude. And, um, and people always say, uh, we tell kids, we tell, we tell our children, get out of your comfort zone. No, I mean, get out of your comfort zone. Get out of, you have to get out of your comfort zone to be this. You, are you going to just get out of your comfort zone when you study? You know what I mean? Just don't be, sit there and do the same thing over and over and over. Challenge yourselves. But when we get to be adults and grown men and women, we get stuck in our ways. And guess what we don't do? Get out of our comfort zones. We stay in South Champagne. We stay in, in, we stay in North Champagne. We don't leave. We don't venture out. We don't go say, I want to go have a cup of coffee with Craig. He lives over here. Just to, just, just to have a conversation. We don't say, we don't help out the person that, you know what I mean? Say, we look down on people way too much. This is a negative, negative society. Oh, look, he's not like what I have, so I'm, I'm not going to say something to him. You know, Previous. my dad always said, I'm sorry. No, no. My dad always said, if you help somebody, you help them. Because you never know when you're going to need them. 
we talked about um, not in this podcast, but yeah. Coach Nixon and I've had a lot of conversations through the through the years and even leading up to this. You know, I was I was raised in a community that had no white people. Mm-hmm. I mean, my whole county had no white people. There there are black people there now, but none. Right. Um, the first basketball player, black basketball I played against was at Lou Henson's basketball camp mm-hmm. when I came up here. And you said, you know, I, when I go in that town, you mentioned a small town earlier. Mm-hmm. So I'm going back to my small town. Mm-hmm. I would like to go in there and ask somebody why they don't like me. Right. I want to have those conversations with them. It's easy to have a conversation between me and you, but I want to talk to the guy that think. This about a certain person. Well, you, I'm this kind of way because I'm a black man. I want to have a conversation with the leader of the KK member. That's what I want to do. You know what I mean? I want to say, why don't you tell me what, I, what has taught you not to like me? I just want to understand that. That's, that's, I want to say, what have, who has taught you this? Because it's learned behavior. Racism is learned. I'm a firmly believer in that. You know what I mean? Either you get it or you don't. I've used this, and through this series, I'm going to use a lot of the same sayings because... They have different reactions with different people, but we're all born naked and ignorant. That's right. And regardless of what we're color pro- we are. Yep, we're a product of our environments. So we, we are a learned species. Oh, 100%. And if you are learned, you can be unlearned. I agree. And the reason for these conversations is to try to get us unlearned. Right. Systemic racism. Mm-hmm. It's a word that's being thrown around a lot a lot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have tried to research a definition for it mm-hmm. and there really is no such thing. Mm-hmm. In talking with people, they all have different interpretations mm-hmm. of systemic racism mm-hmm. or different examples. What does it what does it mean to coach systemic racism? That's a great question. Like, I think um, we have these conversations with our kids. Well, I have them with my kids all the time through my practice. You know, I don't just teach basketball. I try to teach life lessons or football, wherever I'm coaching. And to teach systematic racism is just like, what? Just to have conversations. What? You know what I mean? What you have, you know what I mean? And that's not your fault. You know, and it's not your fault what you think or what you thought. You know what I mean? You might have something that I don't have because, you know what I mean? Just you're white. You automatically privileged to something that. As a black man, I don't. Just like, uh, let me let me try to give you an example. Yeah, try to uh, slow down. Just give me an example because it, it means so many different things. It and does. I've gotten so many different reactions that it's easy for a politician to sit out there and say we have systemic racism. Right. But what is it? Right. Where is it? Right. How do we? If there is such a thing, and I'm not not questioning whether there is or not. Mm-hmm. How do we? How does a, a society address it? Yeah, it's, I think it's hard to do, and you have to. The first thing you do is look at yourself and say, "I have to understand where this person comes coming from." That's the first thing. Like he's not like me. I don't. He doesn't look like me, and I automatically think of this like, like, like what I mean, like a basketball, like the basketball basketball players, you know, the top level athletes, Michael Jordan, all these guys. You know, what I mean, it's hard to break that cycle. You know, I mean, he broke the cycle because he was a great basketball player. But if it was one of the great basketball players, just with Michael Jordan, another black athlete, just like like black athletes shouldn't talk about anything. You know, I, don't, I think I'm going off going off the point, but I'm trying to give you examples. Like if I go into a store, or if, some, if I go into a expensive store, if I go to Burberry in Chicago, Michigan Avenue, the first thing you know, the, the, you see the guard there, and um, you know, I mean, the store clerk 
follows me around. You walk in there, how you doing? Um, help yourself to anything. The question, do you need help? Do I, do I, can I help you with anything? And I might ask you that one time, but they ask me that three or four times. Why, why am I here? See, now that's something that's systematic. That's, they don't know what they're doing, they're doing it, but to, you know what I mean? That's what, it, that's what systematic racism is in my opinion. That's what it looks like, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, because it, it doesn't have to make sense. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't have to make sense because I'm trying to understand what makes sense to you and how your yeah. mind's working right. to better understand yep. Yep. Um, these issues. Right. Racism, racists. Yeah. That word, every time somebody gets in an argument, they call a political argument, they call somebody a racist. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump's a racist. Yep. Joe Biden's a racist. All these, everybody's a racist mm -hmm. because um, it's easy to throw out. I agree with that, but like when, um, but like you said, we'll get political when our president says something about black black athletes, and it comes off that way. It, it you know, what I mean, he said, well, it then says something about a different person who does something way worse. You know, what I mean, and I mean that makes it easy to say, well, guess what? He's racist, and you know, what I mean, this and that. Okay. Do you think you're oversensitive? that he says something about a black person and doesn't say over something about a white person? Or if he does say I something don't. about a white person, do you think you don't realize that he did and you only hear it when he says something to a black person? No, I don't think I don't think that's the case. I think I listen. I, you know I mean? I always try to analyze before I say something. It's a good question, though. Yeah, it's a good question. I think people do do that, but I don't think I do. You know what I mean? If I, if I feel that way, I'm going to come have a conversation with you first. Like, if I, had a, if I have a problem, like, hey, I don't like you're doing this, Trey, I'm coming straight to you. And said, what do you mean by that? I don't think I don't think we do that enough, but I'm telling you what I would do. And I think some of the things our president said is racist. You know what I mean? I, and, and that's just the way I've, and maybe I'm wrong, but that's the way it, can, it, it comes off to me. It would be interesting as as we go through the next years of our life, mm -hmm. if you come to me back after that question mm -hmm. and say, hey, dude, he did say something. Or not, let's not use Trump, because Trump's such a polarizing figure. Yes. It, hey, it, dude, you did say something. Yeah. And... And I took it the wrong way. You took it the wrong way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, I, you know, I mean, I've done that. And just like I can say, instance, when we're in Paris for a regional game. And, I mean, here, here's another system. You know what I mean? We're, we're getting ready for the, for the, um, for the you know what I mean? They're doing the, the, um, the, the national anthem. And we're, everybody's standing there. And our AD gets a call. This certain players didn't, didn't stand up and didn't do this while the national was going on. It, it, it disrespected us. You know, and then and, and you know, I mean, disrespected us. They didn't do this, and automatically people got upset about it at at, at in Paris High School gym. We get back, we have a conversation with our team, do this and do that. And coach, we did. We watched it on film. Nobody did one thing. You know no, what I mean? Nobody knelt. No, nobody, nobody, nobody. No, it's not the news. I'm talking about three people said we're talking during the national anthem and disrespecting what and that didn't happen. But it was the first time they seen. You know, maybe I'm, maybe not, but sitting there, we all had our hand over our hearts looking at the flag, and it's because maybe somebody said something, but if that would have happened in Cone Gym, nobody would have said a word. Nobody would have said a word. So, you know, there's products and where you are, and, and you know what I mean, but, you know what I mean, it's picking that little things that, I've, you know what I mean, it's, it's a team mostly black kids, it's easy for me to point them out and to say something negative, and nobody did anything at all. And I heard Coach tell you that. Interesting. When, let's go, I'm not changing subjects, but let's keep going down the list here. Yeah, go down the list. Um, 
slavery. <clears throat> what does it mean to you today? What what scars or hurt do my you carry with you? My, oh, my grandparents, my grandfather, both of them were were slaves. You know, I mean, just we were always, you know, I mean, that's just African American people when they came came over, they were slaves and. The, the, the story I heard my dad, my grandfather said, you know, I made it out, you know, I mean, this and that. He went to the military. And he said, you know, I mean, I fought for this country. And it hurts me to my heart still to this day. And when I came back to this country, I had to drink out of different water fountain. You know, I had to, I had to still, you know, I mean, I fought for a country with an American flag. And I got back. And the same thing didn't apply for me that did my, my white brothers. And he said it like that, that we're in the war with them. It was completely different. And what happened, they had conversations, then they just branch off when they got back here. He said, when we got back here, it wasn't like we're brothers anymore. I had to drink out of different fountain. I couldn't vote. I couldn't do these things. That's the biggest thing that scars me about slavery, is when African-American men went and fought for our country because so many people that, oh, you know what I mean, blah, 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 this, it's all about our country. But when they came, when African-American soldiers came back, they couldn't vote. They had to, they had to still, it was still separated. I had to I had to drink out a different water fountain. I couldn't go sit sit at, at a lunch counter, and that's how the lunch counter stuff with MLK and all that stuff happened. I mean, that's got to be scarring for a person that weighs on you. And you, you hear that story, it hurts your heart to somebody that loves his country so much to go fight for it, and he still come back and has those injustices. Could you imagine that? Do you do you feel like you carry those injustices with you today still? Uh. I don't think so because you know what I mean like I said I, I don't I don't carry those injustices with me like I said I judge a book I mean I judge you by who you are as a person and if I don't I don't agree with you then you know what I mean I, I try to separate myself from you and that's white and black it doesn't matter who it is but I don't think I do you know what I mean I think some people have certain ways that I know about it that's the best thing about this is the best thing about DT in my opinion that he has done as he made a lot of people come out and let them know where they're st where they stand. Who would you say? I'm DT. Sorry? I don't want to say his name because I want to say it on. I don't want to get political. Okay, DT. Donald Trump. That's fine. You, everybody knows who DT is. That, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, when I say political, I don't want to to avoid somebody in a topic. Yeah. Um, I just don't want to get into a Republican. No, no, it's not about that. But I think a lot of people could you you know what I mean say this and say that when you like with the kneeling and all that stuff, people don't understand what it's really for. You know what I mean? Like, it's not about cops. It's, it's about cops. It's not about our military. It's not about disrespecting the flag. It's not about that. If you say that, if you say that, you're, you're hiding behind your real feelings. I believe that wholeheartedly. Okay. Mr. Coach. Because my grandfather was a soldier, and guess what happened to him when he came back? So, just one white man's view. Yeah. Cap didn't start this swell. It was already there before he did it. Right. When he did kneel for the national anthem, yep. it did affect me. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it was the national anthem, and my best friend was killed in the military. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I can't hear the taps. I had to go identify his body at Fort Bragg with his father. Mm -hmm. I did make the connection. I understand that. To the military. Right. And when I made that connection, much like you make connections with other things, that shut me down. Mm 
that 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 be, he he became irrelevant. He wasn't protesting. Okay. He wasn't protesting the military. He was protesting the future he, George Floyd. Right. Like so exactly exactly and that happened. And that's what's crazy. It happened with five years later. That's exactly what he was talking about. So what if people would have listened to him? He tuned you off by that right away. That's the first thing you thought. And then did you listen to his message afterwards why he did it? And I mean, because it, it turned a lot of people off at first. I think he did it. I do think he did a poor job of explaining that message. And that's fair. Or the media did a poor job of covering it. Or however it was because it went directly to the military and potentially not the intention right. that he wanted. But he, he talked to a military guy beforehand before he did it. I don't know if you heard that story, but you can look it up. I've, I've heard it. And he said, this, this is what you should do. You know what I mean? How do, how do you want us to, to protest? You know what I mean? You could say, oh, he's on his job, but he was using this platform to get it out there so people can see it. And you know what I mean? Like LeBron James, he uses his platform because if he didn't, nobody would notice. So he's using this platform to do it. So, so anyway, I didn't have a problem with it. I talked to a lot of black military guys. They didn't have a problem with it. Maybe some did, but they didn't have a, a problem with it. And um, that's because he brought, he was bringing something to light that's been happening for a long time. Platforms. This, yeah. that, that's a, a very important topic. Yeah. Athletes have huge platforms, yeah. especially the successful ones. Right. Do you think it's right to use a platform during the games or they are famous and they can command a microphone anytime they LeBron James can command a microphone anytime he wants. Yep. I love it. But at this you know I mean I am I am for I I'm being me. I'm being I'm 100% in agreement with what they did cuz they weren't disrespectful. They wasn't you might be they weren't doing it in a way to harm anyone. They were doing it to say, here, this is what it is. I'm going to use my platform. I'm going to get these owners. I'm going to get these people. I, you know what I mean? I'm not here. You know, I know some people will say, well, I'm here just to watch a game. But we're just not here to entertain you when you have, we have feelings. Like I said, LeBron James probably thought George Floyd could have been him as well when he was a youth. You know what I'm saying? If he wasn't a basketball player. So they used their platform to get it out, get the message out, and I applaud them for it. I hope I can get this gentleman. I'm not going to mention his name. I hope I can get this gentleman on. He actually knows LeBron. Yeah. And and he made a statement to me that undoubtedly LeBron James thought he could have been George Floyd. Yeah, no doubt. He and, and you know, I mean, when you can, I, you know, I just think when you put your, you know, when you put yourself out there, it's different. Like I've been in, in in places with white guys and this and that, and they're like, like, why you got this guy with you? This and that. And you know, I've been about now. He can't come in here. You know, I've been there. I've been to. You know, I mean, I, I know what it's like. You know what I mean? Just think about interracial dating. Think about that. Would you let your daughter marry a black guy? You. <laughs> I'm just saying, but people have to, it's a lot of, it's both sides. People don't like it. You know what I mean? I'm sure you have people like, man, had have said to you, I'm, like, off the record, man, I don't know how I feel. You think it scares them? 100%. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, you know, does, yeah. that, does it go back to, okay, why are you scared of me? I don't know about that. I just, you know what I mean? People get in their ways like, I don't know, man. Why? You know, I mean, you messing up the family culture. You've, you've heard it all. When they when they come to, and, you know, interracial dating, I'm, I'm sure you got friends that are or they're married to people of opposite races. You know what I'm saying? And you know, what I mean, I'm sure some of their parents didn't like it. Grandparents didn't like it. Well, some people think you just think it was wrong. And, I, and 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 black women hate it. I would say, you know, black women hate to see a brother with a white woman. 
So it's the same thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is it's the same it's thing. It's the same thing. I'm not afraid to say it. That's, I mean, I'm just saying my thoughts and my feelings. You know what I mean? Professional black women, you know what I mean? They don't like when they see a professional black man with a white woman. That bothers them, in my opinion. Because they said they think why they couldn't be me. Yeah. The first thing they do is go get, you know what I mean, to try to get them better. You know, just when people say, like, with loans, and why is it harder for black people to get loans to live in these certain neighborhoods? You know what I mean? Then, you know what I mean? Have you seen that? No. Well, I mean, you hear it all the time. Yeah. You know I mean, I can't get a I, loan. I have not seen that. And, you know, like in my business, right. let's clarify yeah. for those that may not know, I am a real estate agent. Sorry. That's okay. And there is something called fair housing, and it is it is very strict. Mm. And we're actually tested. Mm. We'll get calls, and if we don't respond the same way to every call that comes in, then we can get, get hit for it. Yeah, Civil Rights Act, yeah. um, which I completely agree. So when the loan application's done, it is about credit. Yeah, it's about credit and, and, and banks and doing all that stuff. But in, in some situations, I think people get this like me trying to go get a car or going to get furniture. I've, I've tried to get furniture and they automatically take you to this to see this furniture. That's systematic racism. Here's, here's what I think you could get instead of taking me to the more expensive because I think I can't afford it. So that is systematic that, racism. That in, in your opinion, yes. the assumption Yes. And yes. you know we call that in our real estate business redlining. Yes. Right. Yeah. 100 I'm going to sell you something on Fourth and Bradley, not in yes. Devonshire. Yes. Yes. It's called redlining in our business. Yes. Yes. So yes. to you, that's that's, 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 what's that's what's one part of systematic, systematic racism. Yes. Cap, slavery, military, police. Um, Let's go all the way, the N-word. Don't use it. I'm the, I mean, I, the N-word, I, I hate it. And I'm, I pledge that you guys, I, you know, I mean, we don't use it. It's a word that I could not say. I'll tell you a quick story. You know, I'm a big hip-hop fan, and my parents, you know what I mean, that's just teaching and bringing up. I don't think you can make it cool. I just don't think you can. You know what I mean? Because it was, it, it was a word that was said to dehumanize African-American people, to put them down. You know what I mean? There's nothing positive about that word. It hurts me to my heart when I hear these young brothers and sisters say it. Because if you hear somebody call you brother, I remember going to the barbershop. Everybody should have an experience in the barbershop. White, black, yellow, maroon, I don't care. Go to an African-American barbershop. You'll get an education like you've never got before. Is it like coming to America? Sort of, yeah, sort of like that. Yeah, exactly. Or going to Bobo's yeah, the same way. Let's yeah, George the same way. way. But I think everybody, everybody should experience that in their lifetime. Everybody should take their kids to an African-American barbershop, barbershop because that, that's where you get the honest to God truth. And um, so back when we were talking about, we were, we were talking about the N-word. Um, I hate it. It's the worst thing I've ever, you know what I mean? I don't use it. I'd rather my kids to say, to cuss than say the N-word. I, it's punishable for me. I hate it. Because, I mean, I, you know what I mean? I said it one time, my mom, I had a Disman, them old school, 1985 Disman, you remember what I'm talking about? And I was singing, rapping, you know what I mean, listening to the words, and I said the N-word. She took took my Disman, I just bought it with my, with my allowance. She threw it in the garbage can, took it out to the trash, said, you better never, slapped me in the face, said, don't you ever say that word in my house again. Ever. And I haven't said it since. My two favorite comedians in the world are Richard, Richard Pryor, Pryor, Eddie Murphy, 
Well, I like Eddie, but no, Dave Chappelle. Great. Dave Chappelle's amazing. Yeah. They say it so much as a desensitized. I think sometimes. I, th- I think it's sometimes they try to turn it to a positive, but those are the most two in- most intelligent men I've ever heard speak. If you hear Dave Chappelle, watch him now, and what he talks about, he paints a picture better than most comedians or most people in general. He's really, really good. You know, and, um, it just, you know, I mean, I just don't like it. It, it just bothers me when I hear people say when I, when I hear people say it when they're in, in the, just in casual conversation. If whoever it is, it just, I don't like it. It's just, I, I can't stand it, and I'm, I'm totally against it. I grew up in a, a small community in Southern Illinois, mm-hmm. which um, that word was used, right. you know, quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really have any meaning to me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. None. Mm-hmm. Not negative, not positive. It was something Richard Pryor said or, mm-hmm. or my grandpa or somebody said, whatever. Only now in reflecting upon what we're talking about, um, I had a gentleman um, that was a manager of my bar, mm-hmm. um, Lionel Williams. He was a he's a black guy from from Blue Island, mm-hmm. and unfortunately his family had this heart condition and he died very early. Mm-hmm. But when he was in, when we were in, and he was managing the bar, his mother died, mm-hmm. and some of us went up to Blue Island for his mother's funeral, mm-hmm. and Blue Islands. Right. Blue Island. Okay. And it was a Baptist church in Blue Island. Mm-hmm. And we walk in and we were it. Mm-hmm. And I was nervous. Right. I was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We could not have been more welcome. Mm-hmm. We could not have been more loved. We were there paying respect to Lionel's mother. And I think that's the difference. But I, as a human being, was still nervous. Yeah. They weren't. No. That's where we get into we're much more alike than we are different. Mm-hmm. It's about having those conversations and not being afraid to go into a situation. You you got uncomfortable because you, you met this guy who worked for you, but you got uncomfortable and went because you, you cared about your, your manager, but you got uncomfortable. That's what I'm talking about. You have to get uncomfortable in situations where you think you, you, don't, you never would be. You put yourself out there. And you were nervous, but you did it. And you felt, and you, and you, you know, you, you got, you know, you went. You said you had, to, you know, what I mean, you felt welcome and all that good stuff. And that's what it is. I think people are more afraid to talk to each other, to have an open and honest communication. People are afraid to say, "Yes, I'm this way. I feel this way." Let's talk about it. People are afraid to do that. Shame. It's a shame. It's sad. We would banner back and forth, Lionel and I. Yeah. Um, that word would come up from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um. But one night, somebody else called him that. Wasn't good? It was the last word the guy said that night. Yeah. And because at that moment, that word was wrong. Mm-hmm. All my life, I, I hadn't known that. And I, I, I'd almost forgot about a lot of these things that we're talking about. When you, when you start talking to people about this, your past comes back to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I knew at that time that word was wrong. It's horrible. And I've certainly used it since then. Mm-hmm. But there's a reaction to it that's extremely deep. Well, for me, it's deep. I think I've it, not I've not talked to anybody yet that it's not. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's, the, it's the worst word I think it's ever ever been said, in my opinion. That's why I'm so against it. 
if my players say it in practice, they, they, you know what I mean, you can ask some of the kids, I lose it. Absolutely lose it. Because if, when you hear somebody, like, when I, and I learned this from the barbershop, when I first walked into the barbershop when I was a kid, what's up, young brother? You're going to be, you know what I mean? That, that, that makes you feel so, so, like, man, I can raise my shoulders up. He called me brother. That That's so much more respectable. And when you call somebody, another black man, brother, that's empowerment. I think when you call somebody N-word, it's just like, well, you just like, you know what I mean? You said it, you're saying around, you who you, who I thought you were. That powerful. That powerful. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Um, I've done some research, and I mean, there's all kinds of unrest going on. Yeah, right a lot of people just, you know, I mean, people don't understand what it means, and I and I understand that, but Black Lives Matter to me, I don't know where you're going with the question, but we can talk about, you know, what I mean? yeah. we can talk about it. Um, I think we all we know all lives matter. Black people understand that. You know what I mean? That's dumb. You know what I mean? Black Black Lives Matter to me is my life matters. That's it. I want my kids that and, and to see young young brothers and sisters have the same opportunities as everybody else. That's all I mean. I want you to treat me just the same. That's all I mean. It's nothing about political, being political in my opinion. I'm oh, this out there for this, there from that. Because guess what? You know what I mean? African Americans against people looting and burning shit down. A lot of people, all of them, the majority of people I, I hang around and I talk to are against it. Don't group us all in one in one thing. Just like if I said, well, should I group you in the K, as a KKK member then? You know, because guess what? The, the first people that wouldn't clean or clean this stuff up, African Americans on the front line trying to clean that stuff up, or the black on black crime was the stupidest thing ever. But crime is crime. We've talked about this too. You know, what I mean, it's white on white, white on white line crime too. They don't, you know, they don't say anything about that. You know, we in research when we go to unrest and it's it's probably worse now. It may not have been worse because social media news cycles are so much. Heavier, but the Vietnam War and yeah. the Kent State Massacre and yeah. all that. Yeah. At the Kent State Massacre, there were four people killed, nine shot. Right. The next day at Jackson State, there were two more people killed. Mm-hmm. It's not a warm up in Chicago on Friday night. No. I think that because those are just numbers that we hear every week. Right. That we forget that that little girl was playing with Legos right. as somebody's daughter. Right, right. And when you and like, I, here's another thing. I think people just want opportunity. You know, what I mean, that's what we talked about getting stuff back in schools. Crime. When you're poor and you don't have anything, guess what happens, Craig? You result to crime. That's every race, everybody. Crime is crime. When you and if I gotta sell drugs to try to make it out, that's what I'm gonna do. But you never make it out. But you never make it out. Then you get caught up in all this stuff on this corner. Then everything, you know what I mean? Then that's how shootings happen. Gang gang stuff happens. If You, you know what I mean? You can go anywhere in this country if you're poor. If you say, here's a way you can make it out. And show them and give them a right plan. They will do it. That's why the trade schools and all that stuff we talked about. That needs to be in the forefront of some, of some schools. Because because eventually after they make it out, guess what? They get out. They, they I've done everything I wanted to do. Now I'm out. I'm successful now. You know what I mean? I don't think people sell drugs just to sell drugs, just to try to be tough. I think people sell drugs to try to get out of their situation because they don't have anything. And that's a no... That's, that's, that's what I know. That's I'm, a road to nowhere. That's a road to nowhere. It's a road to nowhere, but 
I can feed my family. I'm going to do what it takes to feed my family. I'm going to do what it takes to put food on the plate because I don't have any opportunities. People need opportunities. And, they, and that goes back to me saying, if they see somebody that are like them, that can show them a way, it's powerful. We'll talk about that a little later because ultimately <laughs> that, <coughs> excuse me, that very topic is kind of what got Coach Nix and I talking about opportunities and, right. and you being an education major and knowing the importance of education and knowing that is a path out, whether yeah. it's college or the trade it doesn't matter. or yeah. what, whatever it is, yeah. the separation of education right. or lack of or lack of focus on it mm -hmm. in the black community mm -hmm. stems from slavery. Oh yes, you know what I mean. They don't, you know what I mean. Don't trust teachers. They weren't successful at it, and they never. They, people never thought well, because in the African American home, you, a lot of African American homes, they talk about religion and education. Those are the top two things. Religion, you know what I mean. They, you know what I mean. It's for people to understand. Another thing that's off. Top, it's off topic, but people always say, well, you know I mean, this is against my religious morals. Black people are the most religious people in the country because guess what? Guess what day they had off? Sundays. And guess what they did on Sundays? They went to church. You know, <laughs> that was, that's what they did. So don't tell me that I'm not a religious person. I don't care about Jesus Christ. Jesus did that. That's a bunch of baloney. But those are two things I talked about in, in most African-American homes. Is um, religion, loving Jesus, and education. You know what two things are talking about in most white American homes? What? Loving Jesus and education. Case. Right. So, so, how, so how, yes, come on. So how how effed up are we? Yep. How how screwed up are we? Yep. Each parent has the same dream for their children. Yep. Yep. I don't have kids, but that's just, that, you know that's the dream my parents had for me. You know what I mean? And I think you know what I mean kids, you know don't automatically put a kid into a special way pro. You know what I mean? Listen to him. Don't, don't say well he's a don't say those negative things to him. And I think some teachers have this bad. Uh, you just like the rest of them. Oh, I learn a different way. So you gotta learn to teach a different way. <laughs> just being, just being, let me be honest. But just don't put him in this situation because I believe in my heart all kids can learn. It might be different from the traditional way, but I think they can learn. I think all kids can learn. I've never changed that because if my kids, some of my kids can pick up a basketball play just like that. You tell me he can't learn. You know, what I mean, they can watch family do this and do that. They can learn, but you just gotta be willing to butt your butt to find out how they learn. And teaching, I think uniform teachers do a good job of that. And you know, what I mean, but I mean, it's, like I said, it's bad apples, and if they're not bad apples, they need to be called out. <laughs> That's true. I mean, teachers. <laughs> it doesn't matter teachers, what you do. It makes no difference. You know, what I mean, there's accountability. You gotta be. You gotta be held accountability. I mean, if there's no accountability to to whether it's your God, whether it's your parents, yeah. whether it's law, whether it's yeah. education, yeah. there has to be accountability. There has to be accountability. I could get, this is freaky. <laughs> and I, I'm getting a very strong opinion that these conversations, I have two more lined up. You might as well be the last guy I had sitting there. <laughs> because we we need to be kinder. Yep, we gotta be kinder. We gotta be fair to each other because we all want the same thing. I think in the end. We do. I really believe that. 
we could put a hundred people in this conference room. Yep. And they would all agree on 98% right. what we have in common. Right. They don't want bad cops. Nope. They want law enforcement. They want more law enforcement. Yeah. They want their families to be safe. Yep. They want their kids to be educated. Yep. All lives matter. Yep. All lives matter. They do. You don't have to pick a side with the Black Lives Matter, the Blue Lives Matter, the Green Lives Matter. Hold on, stop, 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 stop. It, a Blue Lives Matter is non-existent. How many blue people you know? <laughs> I'm being honest with you. How many you know? How many blue people have you seen? You won't see any. You know what I mean? You chose, uh, that, that, that is a, a police officer who chose to do that. I cannot choose to be white. I'm black. You know what I mean? And I want my life to matter to, 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 the, to the KKK member or to this or this person just like his brother does or this white person does. That's what Black Lives Matter means to me. And it has nothing to do with political. I want my, my, I want the kids, I want, when I walk in the streets, don't say, oh, look, look at this dude, he's, he's a thug. Say, this is, I'm a black man, a contact, how you doing, come shake my hand, let's, let's talk if you want to have a conversation. If you're worried about something, you have these kind of thoughts and opinions, Talk about them, because if you, if you keep them close, get you just as guilty. Because if I thought you were a white racist, I'm coming. I say, Craig, hey, I want to talk to you about something. That's what it means to you. That's what it means to me. That's what Black Lives Matter means to me. And and it's not been in the forefront. That's my opinion. If George Floyd doesn't happen, you think you you know if that doesn't happen, you think rioting happens. If rioting happened with MLK was assassinated. Well, I mean, there's no human being. That has any kind of conscience in the world yeah. can look at that situation and say, okay, that was, yeah. that was right. 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 I mean, right. regardless of what he did before. And I, I don't care about that. Right. But You're not trained that way. See, there's another thing. Hey, hey, cops aren't supposed to kill people innocent or guilty. Innocent or guilty. That's not your job. You have to be able to de-escalate people. You got to use your words. And I don't think enough cops know how to do de-escalate situations because they're afraid. Would you be afraid? Not at all. So not enough. If I was a cop, I thought about it after I was in my other my other life. I swear I want to be. I want to be a police officer. So <laughs> you're going into a situation. You know the 20 bad guys in Champaign. Yeah. And you know there's going to be a high probability that one guy is going to be there. Right. I'm you're, going in there. And and I'm, I'm, I'm. And you're not going to be afraid. I'm going to try to have a conversation in my training as a police officer. I'm going to try to have a conversation talking about the last thing I'm going to do is try to feel to feel like I'm threatening. Because when you feel threatened. Guess what happens? When you feel like you gotta put your gun, that makes him scared. And guess what he's gonna do? He's gonna pull. He's gonna get all riled up. You know what I mean? When you get when you get pissed off, hey, you don't think rationally. Ask anybody in the world. Ask anybody. When you get to that level, you say shit that I'm sure you've been with your wife and got mad and said some stuff that you didn't really want to say. Never. <laughs> and then you know what I'm saying? So when you get to that height, you're the cop in that position. He's gotta be the calm guy at all times. And he gotta be a calm, collective one. And that's what I think the biggest. Lacking that thing that needs to be taught more than anything the cops not being an aggressor not who has the biggest dick Who has who can talk somebody down who can communicate? When it's a hostile situation. Hey, listen, we can do this a better way Here's what we do. Hey, you do this do this. You know what I mean? We, we can go down and I'm, I'm gonna arrest you, but we're we gonna talk about it You know what I mean? There's no reason he reaches into his you're doing that he reaches into his pocket 
You don't know he's unarmed. You know what I mean? But if you get three, that's when you use your, your takedown techniques or rubber bullets. You cannot shoot a dude in the back when he's turned away from you. Let him leave. Let him go. I'm gonna get him another chance. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna find him. And I'm gonna get him on, a, on a, another situation. But I'm not gonna. And I see his kids in the car. I'm not gonna shoot him in his back seven times. That shouldn't happen to any human being. And then the kid, the kid who comes across the state line and kills two people. And cops, and could you imagine if I walked by, if I was that, that white kid, I can Kyle Rittenhouse, whatever his name is, with the AK-47 and going into a hostile situation and just walk by cops with an AK-47 in my hand? What do you think would happen to me, Craig, as a black man? You know, you can, are you following me? Nobody should walk through a crowd with an AK-47. <laughs> right, but he did. And he killed two people. And he got arrested the next day. I don't think that would have been me. You know you've been arrested then. Or killed. I got a, a loaded AK-47 in my hand, Craig. Walk by cops. With an AK assault rifle. This kid's 18. He shouldn't have it. Cross the state line. He didn't live in Wisconsin. And walk right by him. If anybody don't have an issue with that, then I, I don't think we can have a conversation. During this podcast, <laughs> during this podcast, um, it's going to be difficult for the listeners to see the emotion in my people's faces that I'm interviewing. And I wish I could portray that because there's real emotion. Um, you don't have to believe in what they believe, but they do. And there's real pain that makes them believe that. There's reasons they have those feelings. Who, do you blame white society or do you blame the United States or is that a positive? And then we're going to wrap it up. Okay. Because a lot of the unrest and the people that you say are that 5% are saying all those things. Right. And you say 90% of my people want the same things you want. Yeah, that's the truth. Um, what was your question again about do I feel like... The United States. What do you think about the United States? I think it's a great place to, you know I mean? It's, a, it's the best country in the world. But it's my country too, just like it's yours. So make sure, I want African-American people to understand that. It's our country too. My grandfather fought for this country, and he couldn't drink at the same water fountain. So if I see something wrong, I've got just as right as you do to complain about it. You know, we drink at the same water fountain. Yes. And I'm going to have to buy you one here pretty quick. I love this conversation. Coach, I really appreciate your time to come in here. Uh-huh. I know you're busy. It's a bad time of year. A lot of stuff going on. But it's worth it. It's good. we got to have these conversations. I appreciate you having me. And yeah. I can't thank you enough for the work that you're doing. I've not done anything yet. But we have some plans, don't we? But we're having conversations, and we can change it. We have some plans. Well, this wraps up Episode 2. This was Coach Nick's. Um, we will have some more coming, and then there will be a summary. And I promise everybody, not everything's going to be this serious about champagne with Craig. But since we're in the middle of it, um, no, no topics too taboo. Um, again, thanks, Coach Nix. Brother. Uh, yes, definitely. Thank okay. you, Craig, for having me. You got it. Yep.